my angel is here right now. Let me tell you what. Is, um, lost my voice about three weeks ago. Laryngitis up at Leone Meadows Summer Camp. I was camp pastor for the week. And uh, I was out uh, riding mountain bikes up in the mountains every day trying to get some exercise. And, you know, the, the hills around here are pretty dusty. And I don't know if it's the time of year for pollen in the trees, but there is all kinds of stuff. So I was coughing a lot and speaking a lot and then camp meeting. And so uh, a lot of people have been praying that this will come back and that uh, you'll be able to hear me. So God is good. Amen. Now we'll pray for the last three hours <laughs> because we've got a lot to talk about. Um, let me check, see if these doors are unlocked, if we can actually close that, if people can get in and out. I don't think it's going to stay open. Come on in. All right, I usually like to have a circle, but there's too many of us for a circle, praise God. But we still all want to spend some time talking. I'll first of all let you know who I am, but you probably already heard that this morning, didn't you? So my name is Scott Ward, and I'm youth pastor at the Lodi English Oaks Church in Lodi, California, just north of Stockton, a little south of Sacramento. And I've been there for 13 years. Before that, I spent six years in Fresno at the Fresno Central Church. I was youth pastor there. You got some central people here. Pastor Steve Bohr, I heard he's retired now. So that is where I got my uh, feet wet with campus ministry. I used to run a club at Fresno City College and uh, started out with uh, the higher education. And now God has assigned me to secondary. Well... What is high school? Secondary, right? Primary is elementary. So yeah, second. The, the, I hang out with the ACF people a lot, the Adventist Christian Fellowship, and they always, you know, they are higher education and the rest of us are somewhere lower. <laughs> so, but um, that is where, where God is called and where he's blessing. And so about 11 years ago, um, <clears throat> right when I moved to Lodi, uh, God opened the doors for me to start a campus ministry at, uh, at Lodi or Tokay High School right across the street from my church. I was starting to get involved at McLean High School before I moved to Lodi. The uh, local youth pastor, or not youth pastor, but just pastor network met at the church right across the street from McLean High School. And the principal connected with those pastors and uh, they needed help at the high school. And they wanted to see what the pastor network could bring to the high school. And so we started getting into conversations, and since I was a youth pastor and I had a student from my church attending McLean, uh, we were getting ready to start a Bible study, and we uh, picked out a room. The principal said, okay, as long as you're not out proselytizing, just meet with the kids that want to get to know you and you know, be a part of your group. And then that student transferred, and then I transferred, and God has continued to look out for McLean High School. <laughs> and so how many of you are affiliated with McLean that are here today? All right. Did any of you get one of the Living It shirts a year or so ago from Pastor Rob? I, I've been talking to him over the last few years. He told me it's going on, and so I mailed down some T-shirts and, and some things to uh, help support the ministry. So cool. We have uh, Angel One T-shirts now. So this is all new and all different, and we will talk about that some. So I did not put this on the mode to not go to sleep, so I'll try and keep it awake. So... Um, Starting about 11 years ago, the North American Division asked me to start training on public high school ministry for the NAD youth ministry events. You may have heard of JCI, just claim it. 
The first was in Dallas, and that's where I first started doing my training there. And then I was asked to officially be the coordinator for the North American Division for Public High School Ministry. And then the Pacific Union assigned me that role here. And so what a coordinator is, is a volunteer who has a specialty. So they recognize the specialty that you have at your home ministry, and then they ask you to teach and train across the division. And so my church has been very patient with me. I'm gone a lot, places like this. And uh, not long ago, I was at the, with the GC Youth Department, all the world uh, division youth leaders from around the world talking about the Angel One Project. And so God has opened a lot of doors, and he has uh, apparently said it is time to reach out to our public school students. More than 70% of Adventist teenagers attend public schools. Those are the best numbers we have. Those are the most acceptable numbers because Adventist education, you know, they're trying to, to um, you know, they don't want the picture to be painted too dire. How many of you are, are public school students here currently? Amen. Praise God. You know, there's a lot I can say, and I'm going to try and be careful. But I, I work, I, I've taught art at Lodi Academy for many years. I do other campus ministry things there. And um, so I, I'm, I'm present on academy campuses and public high school campuses. And the trend, the most common attitude at an academy campus, any academy students here, tends to be Laodicea. Yeah. Tends to be, I've heard this all my life. Yeah. And, you know, what else is there? At public school, they're either partying or they're on fire witnessing. It's hot and cold versus lukewarm is what I found for the most part to be make a very generalization. So when I, I moved to Lodi, there was a girl named Carrie, and she was just graduating from our elementary school, the Adventist school, and she was going to go to Tokay High School to take honors classes, and she said, I know I'm going to miss Bible class. Would you come and start a Bible study at my school? And so I was invited to come on campus, and then you go through all the different processes, get volunteer screening go through the background check, all those things. And so, um, you know, I've been on campus at Tokay High School now for 13 years, so I don't even check in, sign in. They know me. Sometimes when I, when I do go by the office, the secretaries have prayer requests, and they say, hey, someone down here's got cancer. And so it's not only a ministry to students, but to staff and everybody else. And whenever there's a, a tragedy on campus or if a student is killed, uh, some, sometimes, you know, driving to parties and stuff, kids get into accidents. And we've had that happen where kids have died. And so they have the pastors, the chaplains come and um, be there to pray with students. And so God has, has opened an amazing path for me. And um, after I had a, a club at Tokay High School, also started one at Lodi High School. And I'm going to get distracted and go here and there probably. But, you know, as I was doing that, the kids at the academy heard me talk about that all the time. And so every fall, we take our senior class up to Yosemite for this senior Yosemite experience. And I do an activity with the, the kids where they uh, develop a concept for a company. And then they look at the, the people within their group, what skills, what talents they have, and they assign everybody to the jobs in the company. So it's identifying your talents and skills. And so I have them you know, talk all about their companies and what their roles are and their education, how much they're going to make. And then the, the next phase is to now, once you are successful in this, you know, hypothetically, how are you going to give back to God with those same talents? And so they, they start having all these ideas of how they could, you know, if they've got some uh, hospital, how they can start doing community outreach, things like that. And then the last phase, I ask them, okay, now you've identified the talents of your classmates and where you want to go in the future. 
seniors, this year you are the leaders on your campus. What are you going to do with your counts, talents to be leaders on your campus this year? And one year, the kids said, we want to start a Christian club like you do at the public schools. I said, what? This is a Christian school. You have chapel every morning. You have Bible class every day. You have all kinds of spiritual activity. They said, but we don't have that. My focus on my campus club. So not only is the model important of meeting kids in the middle of their world, not only is that model important, but what you do in that model is critically important. So we have the model, which means instead of just trying to entice kids to my campus, to my church, I go and meet them in their world. Well, what do you do in the middle of that? I started out trying to do a Bible study, and a lot of the kids are saying, we don't want to study during lunch, we're studying all day long. And so our focus has gone more to the devotional life and how to have a personal relationship with Jesus and how to live your faith on campus. And so we've shifted into that direction. And so the academy kids said, we don't have that focus on devotional life. We don't know about that. Because in Bible class, they teach facts, right? They teach about the Bible. You learn doctrines. You learn teachings. You learn a lot of things. And I've taught Bible a couple different times. Uh, the last year I was in Fresno, there was no Bible teacher. And so I was at, I volunteered because they were just going to get subs for the whole year because they didn't have anyone. And I had a couple task force workers and so we taught Bible at Fresno Academy uh, for a year. And um, <clears throat> kids will oftentimes say, you can't force me to have a devotional life. You can't test me on that. So I think being a Bible teacher in academy is the toughest job there is because you have to teach the Bible, give grades, evaluate people, and have them like God. And so um, I, after that year, I was like, I will never teach Bible class again. But then a few years later at Lodi Academy, um, we didn't have a Bible teacher. And so I'd uh, been working on my doctorate. And I'd, I'd done a lot of things. I'll tell you more about uh, the book and stuff later. But it's how, how to have a devotional life. And I'd, I'd written it up. I'd done research uh, on my campus clubs. And kids were growing spiritually with the things I was teaching them. And so the kids were begging me. He's like, yes, come be our Bible teacher. And so once again, I found myself in the classroom in an academy setting and teaching on devotional life. And for the kids who wanted it, it was amazing. But for the kids who weren't interested, I said, you can't force me to have a devotional life. You can't test me on that. And that is the challenge when it's a setting where people have, are required to be. And so it made it very, very challenging. And so it is a, is a tough thing. And so Bible curriculum isn't really set up for that. It's set to transfer knowledge, and chapels are a lot of times principals. Any principals in here? <laughs> um, principals often need to get their lectures in and, and their things. And, and so the kids just felt like there's this void for personal spirituality and learning how to actually have that personal relationship. And so we started a campus club there. And so I also had some students at the other local Christian school. Uh, it's called Jim Elliott Christian School, and I actually started a club over there. Uh, with the kids that I knew there. They had breakout groups. They allowed pastors on campus. So once I had a ministry presence on every campus in Lodi, every high school campus in Lodi, two public schools, academy, and Christian school, I became, I joined the local youth pastor network fellowship, and I started leading out. I said, hey, let's all get together for a citywide youth rally, 
and bring all of our kids together from all the campuses to worship together. And so we rented the Performing Arts Center in downtown Lodi, the uh, elite little, uh, it's kind of like an Ivy League little chapel looking place. And uh, we brought in Willie Ramos, the ghetto preacher. You guys heard Willie? Um, he's, he's really good. And so anyway, you know, there's, there's this quote about the Adventists are to be the head and not the tail. Yes. Have you heard that? Yes. But yet, and, and tell me if I'm stepping on toes or maybe not, but Adventist evangelism, the way I remember it growing up, is we pay money for a preacher to come to our town. We pay money to mail out flyers with pictures of beasts. To scare people to come and see what this preacher has to say. And so it's something that other people do for us if we give money. And it's all about warning and saying this is Babylon, apostate Protestantism, to come out. Does that sound familiar? That's kind of the scenario that was there for many years. I think it's changing. And so when you think about that, when the time of trouble does come, do you think those people are going to be flocking to meet us and to say you were right? Or the philosophy that I've taken is become a part of that pastor network and to become the head and not the tail, become the leader in Christianity. Step up. We have a better understanding of Jesus because of our distinctive doctrines. We understand the Bible like nobody else does. So rather than attack people with it, let's lead people with it. And so as I've gotten to know the other youth pastors, and when I started getting on campus at the high schools, they're like, what are you doing that for? And so, but over the years now, they are following that lead. They're all on campus and they're taking over some of the clubs that I started because I'm traveling and busy so much. But now, uh, when I would sit down between clubs, because we have two lunches, uh, Every day at the public high schools, we have about 2,500 kids in a, in a school. So there's first lunch, second lunch. Do you guys have that same model? Or is there only one lunch period? Yeah. So anyways, I'd be sitting in between lunches with these other pastors. One of them I got to be good friends with, the Baptist guy. And he said, okay, you know, I, I, uh, I understand about the Sabbath. I mean, that's obvious from the Bible. He says, why are you vegetarian? And so because I am his friend, he is open to learning truth. And I told him, I said, Joe, you can keep the Sabbath better than I, I ever can. I have to work on Sabbath, and you don't. <laughs> He's a Sunday pastor. And um, so it is amazing the doors that God has opened. And then we did the citywide youth rally. And so I had the Baptist praise band on Friday night. I had the academy on Sabbath morning, and we had different drama groups. And so I had the youth pastors of the other churches joining in together to come and hear an Adventist preacher and all contributing together. And see, because for me, the goal in public high school ministry, working with high school students, the battle at that level, in my experience, is not to understand doctrine. At that place, and especially in a public school setting, the battle is, do I want to be a Christian or not? Do I want to party or am I interested in Jesus? And so my ministry is very, very gospel focused. It's focused on that. That's, that's why my teaching is on personal relationship with Jesus. Because a lot of the kids that come to the clubs, they've been beat up by a church. They've been turned off by somebody. 
and they've, they've had a rough time, and they're just not sure about what's going on out there. And so that's why we talk about the devotional life. We talk about the basic gospel, okay? And it is also, I think, the missing piece in the Adventist church. Because of our academy system, the structure, like I've mentioned, it's hard to teach the gospel. And be, do, you see, do you understand the roots of our denomination? And let me I pray. I was going to do this small intro and then pray and then talk, but I'm just kind of weaving around. I hope it's all making sense. So let's bow our heads uh, before we go any further. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for the people that are here for your spirit that is leading them, guiding them. Lord, we open our hearts to you. We ask you to fill us. This movement that you have started, we pray that you will carry it forward even more powerfully. Lord, inspire us, guide us, direct us, and please bless my words, and thank you that uh, my voice is hanging in there. We uh, love you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, where was that? That boring, you don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> the basic gospel. Okay. So, the kids that would come to the campus club, sometimes they've been turned off this that. Do you know that um, every time I'd go around the circle in my, my club to, for check-in time to see who was there, I'd ask them what their name is, uh, what their year is in school, something unique about them, and what church they're from. And so there's kids from all churches around the entire community. And, but there were always a few kids who said, I'm not able to go to church, this is my church. Their only chance to connect to God was on campus at a public high school. And so when I started doing this, because I grew up in the Adventist system. Have you, ever, you ever heard of the Adventist bubble? Okay. A few years ago, the Pacific Union uh, was doing videos of different ministries, and they, they came and videotaped me, and uh, we called it Shattering the Bubble, something like that. But anyway, if you go to the Pacific Union, they, uh, Rich Dubose, he does lots of videos. It's kind of my testimony of how God helped to start all this. But it, you, you, we grow up in this Adventist bubble, right? Because since everybody else is Babylon, we can't associate, correct? Right. We have to stay to ourselves and remain pure and holy and I'm getting too sarcastic, somebody stand up and slap me. But there, I, I've, so maybe I should, oh, is that the slap? Thank you. <laughs> maybe I should back up and, and give you a little bit more background to this. Is, I, I was born in Loma Linda. Ghetto. The Adventist ghetto. <laughs> it's true. They don't even deliver mail on Sabbath, do they? No. No. So they, they switch it to Sunday because that's appropriate to work on Sunday. And so I, I grew up in uh, Adventist education for the most part. I went to the elementary school there, first and second grade. Then I moved to Minnesota, culture shock, ice and snow. And so there was no church school yet when I was in third grade. And so I went to the public school there. And then we started our own little church school. And then I went to uh, public high school for a couple of years. My parents had gotten divorced. And um, I, don't know, I just stayed in town instead of going off to the boarding school. And then, uh, so after two and a quarter years in public high school, I went to academy. And so from academy, I graduated there, went to Union College. What year? Union College, I went there in the fall of 82. And so I, I started out there. I went to, to Adventist College for three years. And then um, my RA, he was a, a re, recovering 
converted drug dealer from Southern California, Riverside. And uh, so he was a theology major. He was my RA. We got to be friends. I was very shy, very quiet. And uh, I just believed whatever he said. Because I grew up in the 70s, and it was all about the rules, the do's and the don'ts. I never, ever heard anything about relationship with Jesus. It was just like, okay, here's this, here's that. And, and so as my RA, theology major friend, started backsliding into the world, uh, he's like, yeah, it's okay to you know, drink a little bit or play penny poker. And so I, I found myself off in the world. And so after years of partying, bartender, bouncer, all that stuff, I got so burnt on the world. You know, they say it's, it's, it's the fun life and it's so great. Okay, maybe, maybe for a little while. And then it starts to get you. The guilt, the shame. Because when you drink, you give up control of your mind to a substance. And I started doing things that I would not normally do. And when I'd wake up the next morning, sober up, if I could remember what I'd done the night before, it wasn't good. And so from my Adventist upbringing, I knew one thing pretty much, the great controversy, good and evil. And I knew I had tried the bad side. And so from that, I went back to, uh, I knew I had to pursue God with all I had. And so I went and I pursued God and he led me into the literature ministry. And I shared a little bit of that this morning, but that's how I found God for real for the first time. And so my, my point is, is I looked back at that as how could that have happened? How is it that I could grow up in the Adventist system and not have my faith connect to my life at all? Mm-hmm. My faith did not inform my actions. You know what I mean by that? And so it was like my beliefs were over here, my actions were over here. When I was a bartender, if people would ask me if I was religious. I'd say, well, you know, I, I believe in God and I used to go to church. And I'd say, well, what church do you go to? I say, well, I don't go to church right now. I'm not living up to their standards, but I believe the Seventh-day Adventist church is correct. And so they say, well, what do Adventists believe? Well, you don't drink, don't smoke, don't go to movies. At that time, we didn't go to movies. And I just went through the list because that's all it meant to me. And so our, our evangelism is geared towards doctrines. It, is, it was just how Adventism was at the time. But a lot of Christianity, I've heard other Christians of other faiths, denominations, talk about the legalism kind of of the 70s as well. And so, so when I, I started to engage, once, once I found that relationship with Jesus, learned to talk to people through the Color Porter ministry, once I, I got on campus, that glass bubble shattered. Because... You have to understand the concept of relationship with Jesus, and then you have to have a place to exercise it. So when we are huddled in our institutions and never get out and never interact with anyone else, our faith gets stagnant, and it doesn't grow. And so that is why we have such a struggle with Laodicea, and that is why public high school ministry has such incredible opportunity to revolutionize the Seventh-day Adventist church. Because if we can teach kids to have an outreach focus while they are young and in school, and if we can visit kids on campus and give them tools and empower them to share their faith in their world, they will grow up to be adults who share their faith in their world, which is the business place and wherever else. And so this is how we were created to be. To have a healthy relationship with Jesus, we need, we need to have, you know, the, the basics of a relationship, right? You talk, you listen, you do things together. 
So we talk to God in prayer. We listen to his word. We listen to his Holy Spirit. We listen to him through, through music, spiritual uh, music, hymns, songs, whatever. But we have to exercise that. And if we are stuck in our Adventist bubble, only spending time with Adventists, how do you do that? And so this is such a prime opportunity, but we've had for many years, and I'll move on from the history and get into some of the nuts and bolts soon. But um, our, because of our educational system, second largest educational system in the world, there's been a very protectionist attitude towards that. And so I've talked to, as I started researching uh, high school campus ministry, started talking to youth directors from a few decades ago. The youth directors in my conference 20, 30 years ago, the education department stopped them from doing anything for public high school students. And I, I thought I was going to get a lot of pushback when I started public high school ministry because there are people who think, well, if you start a ministry over there, then all the kids will leave the academy. And I have... I make sure I know who's here. There, I, I was working with uh, the NED Education Department to develop a free accredited online Bible curriculum for public high school students. But there are people in the education system who said no because they're afraid, oh, everybody will go get free education then. They don't understand that it's the loving teachers and the nurture that they provide on campus that is the heart and soul of Adventist education. Exactly. So we're still working on trying to find ways where we can put together curriculum and ways to help our kids that are on the public high school campuses. So all of this is to say it is critically important that all of our churches learn how to mentor, reach out to, nurture their public high school students. Now I went uh, to pull up my Living It website, which is the one that has all the public high school ministry tools, and it is telling me that my website is down right now, which is not helpful. So I e I texted my webmaster. Let's see if he fixed it. So who knows what? Oh, yeah. there we go. Praise God. This was dead. This was dead. You saw the no signal before? Okay. So it is back up on here. Let's get it back up on there. All these technologies have to get along all at the same time. And that has been a struggle today. So seriously, I was trying to pull up this website and it was down. Let's just unplug and replug. So pray for technology. It seems like the devil's a little bit after this today. Okay, there we go. That's for the third seminar. Okay, so um, as I was working uh, on my doctorate at Andrews, I was there for classes and I got an email from my conference president. And he said that it was our union's turn to choose mission investment offering projects. And so I submitted a proposal for a public high school student resource center. And I turned it in and uh, went to the union and they selected it to be funded by the North American Division of the Offering Mission Investment. Yes. So my, this was a project a few years ago. And so once it was approved and I found out how much money I was going to be getting, I had to sit down and think, well, what is a public high school ministry resource center? <laughs> I'm not going to build a library at one of our colleges, so I, it's a website. And so it is Living It, HS. Living It is because the theme is to live your faith. And I put the HS on there because it saved me about $10,000 on the domain name. So Living It, and then the HS is for high school. 
okay? And so this is funded by North American Division Mission Investment Offering, and it's also supported by the North American Division Youth Department. They actually own the domain names. I built it, I run it, care for it, and um, they have uh, funded it, and also the Pacific Union has put in a lot of money from the Evangelism Endowment. So you are in a union that is incredibly supportive of public high school ministry, and you need to, if you don't know about the Evangelism Endowment Fund at the union, you need to go on their website, you need to write up a proposal because they will give you money. I've set a precedent, they have given me, the most you can get without going through really big hoops is 10,000. I've gotten that at least three, four times. I got it to uh, start uh, my first citywide youth rally. I started out with uh, these Just Add Pizza starter kits and books, resources, they funded that. They put funding into this website. So let me walk you through this. And so right there, 70% of students on, uh, on public, or 70% of Adventist students attend public high schools. And um, let me bounce around. You see I'm a little bit ADD, I kind of bounce. So let me bounce over here before I forget. How many of you are familiar with the Adventist learning community? ALC. Okay, two years ago, uh, President Dan Jackson of North American Division, he uh, established six building blocks for the North American Division, the areas that we need to build. One of them is young adult retention. Uh, one of them uh, was for education, and they wanted to have innovative new ways to, to educate. And so the North American Division Education Department started the Adventist Learning Community. And it is supposed to be the one-stop shopping place for everything Adventist. And so they uh, had me come to their studios in Berrien Springs, and the Living It website has now turned into a continuing education class. So if you go here to Adventist Learning Community, you see the URL up there, and then when you go to the home page, just type in my name or Living It or High School, and you can go through everything that we're gonna talk about for the next uh, three hours here. Most of it is in this class. So pastors can take it, lay people can take it, it's free. So you just get online, sign up for the class, and it will refresh you. Go step by step how to start a public high school ministry and do all these things. So it's uh, all put into class format there. They've got intros and stuff and a lot of video clips of me talking. And I sound a lot different on those. So, but this is the, once they saw this website, they're like, oh, this is so good. We want to build a class around it. So there are basically um, four different sections to the website. You can see them listed here on the tabs. Uh, the first section, and let's see how fast my iPhone connection is here. So if we go into the videos, this is uh, testimonies I've filmed of a bunch of different people at seminars like this. At iShare last year, I filmed three or four testimonies, a couple of them put up by like Andrew, Marco, you may know some of these guys. And uh, this kid, Davin here, I met him at a convention I did in Las Vegas. And he is handicapped. Um, I forget what the name it is, but his, his arms only go down to about his waist. So he has very short arms. And um, you know, the doctors and stuff said he wouldn't even be able to dress himself, but he's able to function pretty well. Well, at high school, he started getting picked on a lot uh, and bullied. And kids would actually choose him to beat up because he's an easy target. And so I don't know why bullies think they're big and bad if they beat up a handicapped person. But anyway, this guy has a lot of uh, family that's in the Marines, and they actually taught him how to fight back pretty effectively. But he talks about how he went from being bullied on his public high school campus to standing up kind of being a hero 
and all the other marginalized kids started befriending him and, and he is like the leader of helping people to, to stand up and to be honest and kind. He didn't retaliate, but listen to his testimony. There, there's all these testimonies of people who uh, lost their faith, found their faith, um, all kinds of things. So you can show these in your campus club. I want to someday write uh, discussion guides to go with them. I have not yet, but they are good discussion starters. I even show them in church, in Sabbath school. But it's testimonies of people uh, trying to live out their faith. A lot of them, how they started partying in high school and how they came back from that or how to get involved spiritually. A lot of different things there. So the video testimonies are sources for you to use in your ministry when you have uh, a lunchtime group, a program, a Vespers, and you need material. These are some good uh, places place to go to have some, some videos that uh, illustrate that. So I think it was, uh, wasn't Andrew from Fresno? Yeah. He, Andrew Cotta right there. He either, I think either him or Marco. Maybe it was Marco. It's a drug dealer in Fresno and crazy stories. You got to listen to those. So there's those resources, all the video testimonies. And then if we go back to the resource center, uh, the second section, and here's a little bit bigger uh, overview of them. The Jesus living in you is on the devotional life. And so that is actually going to be reserved for my second hour here which is how Jesus is uh, having a personal relationship with Jesus is the fuel for your outreach and for your evangelism. So we'll talk about that the, in, the entire next uh, session. Then the outreach ideas, I think this is going to be the most helpful. We'll focus on that. The Ask at-risk help section, that was put together by Loma Linda University's Behavioral Risk Department. It has overviews of different at-risk behaviors, cutting, uh, drinking, uh, all those different things so you can recognize Maybe if there's some issues that kids you see or interact with have, and it just gives you some tips, maybe how to help them. If someone's talking about suicide, what kind of things you can do. But let's go into the outreach ideas. <coughs> this is, is the key. There's two sections in here. So there's the leader to student outreach ideas and the student to student. But actually, I know I'm going to get distracted again. So before we go to those, let's back up to the Jesus living in you, just because I want you to see the resources here at the bottom. Okay, Authentic, that's my book we'll talk about later. If you are connected to Advent Source, or you can just click on here, this is online, this is a quick start guide for public high school ministry. So any church that is interested, you start out by just choosing a school to pray for, and it gives you the whole step-by-step, baby steps, just how to get involved. I was talking to somebody about adopting an elementary school. And so we go, as a church, your pastor, elder, someone from the church can go to a public elementary school, any school, and they will give you a list of needy students to give gifts to at Christmas time, Thanksgiving, because if you're a humanitarian organization like that, you can get the names of people to help out. And so we adopt families at Christmas time, and uh, we have kids bring gifts during the, in their Sabbath school departments and Sabbath morning before Christmas. We go to the homes uh, during Sabbath school and deliver Christmas gifts to all the, the kids. They'll give us clothes size, all those kind of things. So it tells you the basics of getting started. And then these are some different uh, study guides, small group um, curriculums going through Acts, Matthew, lots of different books of the Bible that you can also use as a resource for your groups. So resources are listed there, how to get started, uh, step-by-step, and what to do. So back to the outreach ideas. And let's start out with leader to student. And so, um, once again, back to the Adventist bubble. I have found that the, the youth pastors I've talked to and youth leaders that have grown up in the Adventist educational system, they're terrified of public schools. 
and you encourage them to go visit somebody for lunch at a public school and they, they can't do it. And so because they think they're going to get mugged or robbed or something, because they think everything outside the bubble is, is bad. I mean, it's just how they, they grew up so sheltered. And so what I told them was, well, then just pull up to the curb, have the kids cop, hop in your car and go to Taco Bell. So that the, the main concept with uh, starting out with the public high school ministry is visitation. Just show up for lunch. Okay? So to do that, all you have to do is get the parents to tell the school administration, pastor, youth leader is going to stop by and have lunch with my student on Wednesday. Usually that does it. And so when I've done that, I'll show up with like five boxes of pizza because I'll talk to the kids ahead of time. It's like, hey, I want to come visit your school and, and learn what it's about. And so kids, it is, it is amazing what it does for a student to hear that they're someone spiritual in their life wants to visit them at school to take an interest in their world, in their life. I mean, those, those light up. And, and I always say, hey, I want to meet some of your friends too because it can be awkward just to meet one-on-one. Kids, friends are a security blanket, right? You like to have a couple, couple friends with you. So say, I'd like to meet your, your friends. So just bring some pizza. And so I have a student call in. So if I'm taking maybe a new pastor to get on campus the first time, we show up with pizza, maybe some living at T-shirts, wristbands. And you walk onto campus, it's like you're a rock star. People are like, man, what do you got? Can I have some food? What's going on? What are you doing? And it is so much fun. If you are nervous, if you are an adult that's nervous about going to visit kids at high school, I don't know where you can really have much more fun than that. If you have food, teenagers are always hungry, amen? Even if you've just finished a meal, you're hungry. <laughs> so you bring pizza, and it's incredible. And so you just walk on, and, and see, here's the thing. You don't have to, and we'll talk about this more in the next seminar, but you don't have to prepare a devotional talk to go meet kids on campus. If you are connected to Jesus, if you have a personal relationship with him, it will be very natural to just say, well, you know, this morning I talked to God about this. And in my devotional life, this is what God's been doing for me. Because a lot of the kids that are turned off by church and staying away are doing that because they've been turned off by some kind of, of, of fake legalism, uh, hypocrisy. But when they can see it's just coming straight from your heart, you're sharing your personal relationship, and just by the act of being there in their world makes a huge statement that you want to live your faith too and that they matter. And it is an example for them to follow to live their faith on their campus. And so it is a testimony, it is a connection, it's something they will never forget. So if you are a very busy youth leader, Maybe you can go once a semester, once a quarter. Not everybody's called to a weekly campus club. That's a very big commitment. Some people can do it, but at least uh, visit. Uh, encourage your pastor. Say, hey, pastor, let's go visit the kids at school. Try and do it once a quarter, once a semester. And it just ask them what it's like to be a Christian, a Seventh Avenue on a public school campus. Ask them how, how that is for them. Because they've got teachers teaching about evolution, about all kinds of things out there. All the LGBT uh, issues going on. At the beginning of the year during Club Rush, all the clubs have a booth out. And there, in the past at Tokay High School, there's been a Wiccan club. There's the Gay Straight Alliance. There's all kinds of groups and clubs meeting out there for kids to find fellowship and a common cause. And if the Christians aren't there, if the Adventists aren't there, then they're going to join in with someone else. We need to be there for our kids. So start out by visiting... Um, the movie To Save a Life, have any of you seen that? 
it's a few years old now, but it, is a, it was a, a movie in the theaters. It was one of the first Christian movies. And it's about some kids. Uh, one of the boys, his friend committed suicide. And it talks about this tumultuous journey they went through. And they ended up starting a campus fellowship at their high school. And so it's PG-13. Okay, so there's kids partying, drinking, going into the bedroom. It's a real view of public high school student life. But in the end, Jesus wins. So um, preview it, but check it out. It, it Maybe uh, it's a good discussion starter for Sabbath school. Uh, this is a walk through campus. Uh, I was a lot younger then. And um, anyway, for, for the terrified people who think it's scary to walk onto a public high school campus, I've been there so long, they let me come on campus with a film crew. And so we just walk through campus, meet the secretaries, go out and talk to kids. There was a girl who used to go to the academy, was at campus, and I didn't know she was going to school there. And so I hadn't seen her in a year or two. And so in the middle of taping, she just comes running across campus to come and give me a hug. She was so excited to see someone from her church. Or she wasn't, didn't go to my church, but she'd gone to the academy. But just to see a spiritual, you know, an Adventist person there. It's like, why are you here? And kids uh, really respond. Some hide, but a lot of them that are hurting and searching. And when I started at Tokay High School, I started meeting ex-Adventist kids, kids whose families used to go to church. It's like they were everywhere. So if we can just show up to visit, uh, it's amazing what God can do with that. Uh, if you don't have time to, uh, to start a Christian club, find out what the existing Christian club's doing. Most, uh, a lot of high schools have Christian clubs. Uh, we're not the first ones to do this. So I've partnered with other Christian clubs. Uh, there was a student from Sac Central who went to Laguna Creek High School in Elk Grove. And so he got involved. I got on campus with him and his youth pastor. He ended up becoming the president of the Christian club that already existed. So once again, joining in and leading out, letting our voice be heard in the, in the Christian community and uh, speaking truth. And uh, it's great uh, what he was able to do. I know another youth pastor started refing uh, in basketball games, getting to know kids, would see them around town. Um, trying to get someone to pilot uh, an Pathfinder honor in public campus ministry. So this is the basics of how to do that. Uh, volunteered at a public elementary school. And there's just different ideas. And these are leader to students. So this is how the adults can reach out to kids. And there's a whole section there on starting a campus club that you can click on if you need information on that. But let's go to student to student outreach ideas. And adopt a block. Uh, I did this with academy students. And uh, public high school students can do it too. We adopted uh, two blocks just west of our school. Once a month, we would go door to door just to say, hi, we're from Lodi Academy. We wanted to give you a you know, Thanksgiving greeting. We'd have some kind of Thanksgiving pumpkin bread or something. And so public high school Christian clubs say, hey, I'm with the Christian club, and we're just trying to make friends with our neighborhood. Because sometimes there's issues with when kids are walking home from school, they vandalize things. Some say, hey, can we help out? We want to be a service to the community. We are the McLean High School Christian Club, and we just want to know what we can do to get involved and help. And if you go around about once a month, you start to get to know people. You, uh, we found community service projects. We patched someone's roof because the academy's in kind of a poor neighborhood. And get involved. Um, there's a lot of things you can do as a, because once again, prayer, Bible study, and outreach. Your club needs to have outreach if you want to thrive and grow. And that's what I found. As soon as I got to Tokay High School and kids wanted to start a Christian club, the first thing they wanted to do was outreach. And so... The first outreach we did on campus is called Pizza and Prayer Evangelism. So just like when I'm going to meet kids for the first time that I know on campus, I take pizza. 
once a month, I'd take about 20 boxes of pizza at lunchtime, and our Christian club would wait till about 10 minutes into lunch, and so that way the kids who had money for lunch or whatever, they've got food, but the hungry kids are left, and so we walk out into the quad two by two, one student having two boxes of pizza, the other with a pad and paper, and let me tell you what, if kids flock to you with five boxes when you got 20, the whole campus is like, what do you do? It's like, yes, you can have a slice of pizza, and we're taking prayer requests in return. How can we pray for you? And the first time we did that, we got more than 100 prayer requests for someone with cancer, an alcoholic parent, a friend who just found out they're pregnant. No one mocked us. No one laughed at us. They appreciated it. And so we started to go and do that about once every month or two. And then we take all those prayer requests to our prayer warriors at church. And so the That gets your church involved. Give reports on what you're doing on public campus. Give the report in front of your church. The first time I talked about pizza and prayer in front of my church, after church, I was met by people wanting to pay for my pizza for the whole year. They wanted to write me a check. They're so excited that someone was doing something for the public school kids. And I've never been turned down for any money I've asked for. Ask and you shall receive. It's a mission field out there. Uh, see you at the poll. Do you guys participate in that? It is the fourth Wednesday of September. Everybody gathers around the pole, flagpole in front of the public high school a half hour before school starts and you pray. Become leaders in that. Spearhead it. Invite your pastor to come. Campus beautification. Week of spiritual emphasis. If you have club status, you can have a club event. Student to student. They can put up posters. They can invite friends. You can have a classroom I've used the Performing Arts Theater, and we have had evangelism on campus. So we say we want to have an event, because every other club can do it, right? So we would have a theater, we would have a speaker every day, a different youth pastor, we would have a worship band, we would have icebreaker games, we'd give them pizza. I I know pizza, it's like not vegan or anything, but these people don't understand vegan food. You take them cashew cheese, they're going to be confused. (laughs) I like it, they wouldn't understand So anyway, I I talk a lot about pizza because it's like the universal, super cheap teen food, right? Little Caesars, we used to be on a first name basis. I supported that store. (laughs) They all knew me and pretty soon I just pay after I picked up the second batch for second lunch. They just let me take off with with, uh, the pizzas for first lunch because they knew I was coming back. So um, anyway, uh, get involved. You can have the, the speakers on campus. Kids can invite their friends so much easier to invite your friends to a meeting on campus at school than to get to church in the middle of the week if they live who knows where. And so it's so accessible for kids. And so we need in the high school years to learn how to live our faith. And if we have loving, caring adults who are willing to do that, these are resources, these are tools. Share your testimony, share your outreach idea. I'd be happy to post it. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.